What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 256. If you're new, welcome, because this is the place where we talk about all the latest news about Apple and really how it connects to the greater tech world as a whole. But this is you know, the latest headlines and the big scoops that everyone is talking about related to Apple. So if you are a fan, if you're curious, if you love tech, hey, you've come to the right place. Now, we're going to jump right into the show. I'm going to save. I'm actually going to not start off with iPhone 15, 15 Pro stuff, just because we could do that every week. But what we are going to talk about is an iPhone, but specifically iPhone 14, because according to multiple sources and reports, including Japanese blog, Mako Takara, Mac Rumors, and others, Apple is planning to make the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus this year's models available in yellow this spring, according to Post. And I can't confirm that, but they believe that there will be an announcement with featuring this new yellow color. If you look back historically, Apple has started to release a new color roughly around six months midway through their product life cycle. We had that um, alpine green color for the iPhone 13 and 13 mini last year, kind of that deep foresty green, but they call it alpine green. And then before that, you had for the 12 and 12 mini, you had the uh, purple color, that kind of soft, almost lilac, lavender purple color. And so the thinking is that this year, Roughly again, March, April timeframe, we will see a new color, which is yellow. Now, mockups show a yellow iPhone that really has that kind of a golden metal frame, and then a yellow color that is kind of canary, but a little deeper than that, similar to what we saw with the iPhone XR in yellow, which was one of my favorite looking iPhones. Quite honestly, I love, look, I love yellow. So we know that there's been a yellow color option. What? in the iPhone 11 and 10 are. That's the last time we've seen it. So we don't know if this is 100% sure, but multiple reports are saying that, hey, a new color is coming for this mid-life cycle springtime, and it could be yellow, so keep your eyes out. I mean, by the time you listen to this, the new week will most likely start, and we'll find out if we hear anything. But just like you, I legitimately do not know. But that also leads us to, okay, well, it is that springtime, and we typically see product announcements. What are those things that we're expecting to potentially see? Well, so far, we talked about the iPhone 14 in new colors, but there's still this big dangling carrot, the new 15-inch MacBook Air that has been talked about as far back in February, maybe-ish. According to industry analyst Ross Young, who's talked about it a lot, he believes that we are still expected to see a new MacBook Air launch sometime in early April. And announcements and pre-orders would take place sooner. Maybe there is some sort of announcement or event coming up, but we have seen also Apple release stuff online. This 15-inch MacBook Air would have the same design as the current M2 MacBook Air with their 13-inch design that we see really flat, sleek, rounded edges. We don't know colors yet, but this 15-inch is expected to have a 15.5-inch display for this new MacBook Air. And I've talked about it so much, but Again, if you look at the price points that are available in the Apple product lineup, a M2 MacBook Air entry level starts at $1,199. A M2 Mac, M2 Pro 14-inch MacBook Pro entry level starts at 
right in the middle at $1599 would be the perfect spot for a 15-inch MacBook Air. It, it just makes sense. It is such an Apple thing to do. And quite honestly, if I was not a content creator, the computer that I would absolutely buy in a heartbeat would be a 15-inch M2 MacBook Air. Now, we don't know exactly which processor chip it'll have. I don't think we're going to see M3 in here, but reportedly it will have an M2 chip. So that has you know roughly 18% faster CPU, 35% faster GPU, and 40% faster neural engine compared to the M1 chip. The biggest thing for me is that it has the video codec engine. So if you want to do any kind of video, the M2 chip itself is screaming. It is faster. But if you have an M1, I, I still don't think there's really a major need or push to jump up to here unless you are trying to get that larger screen that you've always wanted. If you bought an M1, I think most of those customers who have it are going to still be completely fine with what you have. But this is a new form factor. This would be a new design. This would be uh really, they've never released a 15-inch Air type product. It's always been the 11-inch size, 13-inch size. But with the power, the efficiency, how quiet it is, this makes absolute sense. So 15-inch MacBook Air, keep your eyes out on that. We are expecting to potentially see that in the spring before WWDC. And then really the other big third product that we may see in spring, or maybe it'll take all the way to WWDC to see, is a new Mac Pro, right? We expect them to come with a new M2 Ultra chip. It would make it the fastest Mac by far currently. And that's according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. This new Mac Pro is also expected to have the same design as the 2019 model. But because of the new chip architecture, you won't have user upgradable RAM. And this whole idea of a higher M2 Extreme chip has been scrapped. Uh, apparently, it was canceled just because that target market is so niche. And the M2 Ultra and just the M2 chip and Apple's silicon in general is just so powerful. It it wouldn't make sense to produce that just for maybe the 1% of the 1% who's already going to get a Mac Pro, a new Mac Pro. So we will see, uh, according to reports, Apple is internally testing one of the new Mac Pros running Mac OS 13.3. So if it's that far along, we could be seeing this as well sometime in that March-April timeline. I wouldn't be surprised if it was held off until WWDC, but what everyone is talking about for WWDC is... When will we see the new Apple headset? So we talked about it last week where Apple's been working on this in-air typing type interface with your fingers and they have to refine it. This Apple headset just revealed in a new patent filing or patent application from the website Patently Apple where y'all can go check it out and see all... There's sometimes just so much stuff that it can be fun to kind of file through it. But what they recently revealed is that in a new patent application from Apple that Apple is planning or trying to bring continuity features into its extended reality products. At least that's what they call it. So if you're not familiar with continuity, this is you know one of those ecosystem hooks and how Apple allows its products and services to really communicate interchangeably across the ecosystem. So you have things like AirPlay. That's a continuity feature like AirPlay between devices. Sidecar, which is using the uh, iPad as a display or a second, you know, laptop next to a display, like that's Sidecar. Universal control. You got continuity camera where you can use your iPhone camera as your uh, FaceTime camera if you want to on your laptop. 
There's other ways to hand off things. Like if I'm on a FaceTime call, I can drop it from my phone, walk in, and then put it on a larger Mac if I want to. Just all these ecosystem hooks that you have, that's continuity. Now, last week, the European Patent Office published this patent application from Apple. It's titled Multi-Device Continuity for Use with Extended Reality Systems, or XR. And so this there's in this patent, what makes it fascinating is there are examples that Apple offers how it envisions this whole handoff interoperability between their potential headset and other Apple devices. So in one example, Apple's actually describing a scenario where if you're wearing the headset, let's say you're looking over at an email on your iPhone screen because it has pass-through ability, right? This is expected to be an X, an augmented reality and virtual reality device. So say you look at your uh, phone and you'll see your mail apps interface, but what it'll do is be able to detect it and kind of create an overlay on top of your phone in your hand. And then with a gesture, maybe something like a swipe, or you gaze into the larger world, the user could then transfer that small version of the email app on your phone and see a larger virtual display version kind of suspended and floating in your augmented reality environment if you're looking straight ahead. And you would be able to still interact with it, continue to maybe draft an email, send an email, respond, and you would use your fingers to, and the headsets would see your fingers to, right, click and point or potentially use your gaze to interact with this new mail app that's been blown up. Pretty cool. I don't know if I'd use it, but if you want to stay in that augmented reality world, it, it could come in handy, I guess. Another example here is, let's say a song is playing on the media app on your iPhone and you have the headset on. Like, that's the thing. If I have a song playing on my phone, it's on my phone, I'm not wearing a headset. But maybe if I want to lose myself in the virtual world or augmented reality world, you pop on the headset, the user again looks at their iPhone and sees the media app, but then either gestures or looks at a HomePod in the same room. And by doing so, right, it just kind of transfers the music playback to a smart speaker continuously uninterrupted. You don't have to physically walk up to that HomePod speaker. We already know right now you can do a handoff with certain models where let's say I was listening to a song, I walk into my living space, hold the phone right above the HomePod and it transfers the music and then now plays it on your HomePod. Here, if I was sitting in one part of the room, it'd just be able to send it over really easily. And this is interesting. Um, Again, I don't know. I'm not the type of person who I know I'm not going to spend two or three or four hours in a mixed reality environment. I, at least that's what I think right now until unless I get completely sold on it. But there's a lot of different scenarios that Apple envisions with this feature to kind of transfer control between maybe a device versus just using it in this mixed reality environment. Um, there's also another implementation where rather than like switching from a physical display to a virtual one, the headset augments or creates like a desktop Mac by putting some of those accessory windows close to the outside boundaries of your Mac's monitor screen. So think of it as like you're staring at your Mac, but then you have like other options on the side of your display for an extended reality environment. So we don't know how far Apple's going to push this. Uh, You know, we really don't know how much continuity is going to even be involved with this first launch. Some of this sounds like a version two OS software, just because I think Apple has to keep it simple. They have to be compelling with if these visuals are as high fidelity OLED displays as we've been told, 
They got to nail down the experience, a few killer apps, a few killer reasons, but doing a whole extended reality environment on your laptop, that seems like a little extra sauce that they might not be ready for. I don't know. But this patent definitely gives us an idea of how Apple is perceiving this. Um, you know What we know about the headset so far is that According to Mark Gurman and Bloomberg, it will not require an iPhone to function at all. It's going to be able to be used completely on its own, and it's going to be running its own operating system, which has been dubbed internally and potentially externally XROS, which makes sense. This would be a new operating system designed specifically for Apple's AR and VR experiences, and it's going to include apps like Safari, Photos, Messages, Maps, Apple TV+, Plus. Apple Music, Podcasts, and the Calendar, and then as well as a FaceTime app customized for the headset. We had talked to Mark earlier, what it was like three, three, four weeks ago, and he said how their FaceTime app will use the cameras to build an avatar of you that will then be shown in a FaceTime-like environment for video conferencing while you're wearing the headset, which sounds wild, but we'll see. There is going to also be no actual physical control device for the headset whether it's a remote or whether it's uh like controllers that you put around with the wristbands um apple is instead according to all these reports right relying on hand gestures that can be detected by all these cameras on the device for things like typing and navigating and potentially using your gaze in conjunction with all these to create a less it's not about buttons it's just about being in the environment uh, the first version of the headset still likely to be called the Reality Pro, and we are still expecting a potential launch in June of this year at WWDC. Let's not say launch, but a f- official reveal. And remember, there had always been rumblings that we'd see it at the end of next year, uh, end of last year. There are rumors that we'd see it maybe in April. But from what we have heard so far, June WWDC 2023 would be the earliest that we expect to see it um, in the living flesh. And it's still fascinating. I'm still I'm still intrigued by it. And you know, we we keep on talking about it and I don't know if there is more energy or more like, hmm, I would buy that because that $3,000 price that's been flowing around is still floating around. Okay, let's talk. Let's finally get to the, to the the future of the iPhone 15 Pro. I could lead with this all day, but I'm not going to. But we know that 9 to 5 Mac has really been at the forefront of the latest leaks, renders, and details what let me just set the base right now like what we have heard and known so far in like a quick couple sentences right new iphone 15 pro slightly more rounded curved edges or like kind of those corners a larger camera usb-c port on the entire iphone 15 lineup it'll still have the dynamic island and the display bezel is supposed to expect to be just a little thinner which would give you just a little more real estate uh but Really, the iPhone looks pretty much the same. In a recent exclusive report, they say that the iPhone 15 Pro will also now have new unified volume buttons because if you look at, geez, phones over the past, I don't know, maybe the past four or five years, maybe even more, they're separate buttons right now, the volume up and the volume down, as well as a new pressing type mute button would be new to the 15 Pro as well. So according to the sources or their source, who's familiar with making these certified accessories for Apple products. Apple's going to ditch this separate volume up and down buttons for this single button that works, you know, guess what? Both ways, depending on where you press it. And then the iPhone 15 Pro rumor already mentioned that maybe we'd see solid state 
haptic buttons, similar to uh, the home button that we had back in the day with the iPhone 7. So this could mean that it's an, uh, a volume button that has no moving parts and can identify the pressure level to work. We'll see. I mean, we've seen cutouts in some of the renders for the new iPhones that are potentially you know, early leaks, but we don't have any confirmation about that. But I think the other part about this is the classic mute switch, which is typically a physical switch that half the time you got to use your fingernail for, especially if you have a case, like you got to use your little fingernail, hopefully to dig in there and turn on the mute on or off. Well, it's going to be replaced, according to this report, by with a new pressing type button, which suggests that this new mute button could also be capacitive and users would have to like force press it to put your phone in silent mode. Um, we've also seen those renders with the iPhone 15 Pro that are in line with this idea of potentially bringing capacitive buttons. So we will see. We're going. We're getting rid of the lightning port now. We're going to USB-C, and I, I think I I gotta use do a video, but let's. You know, I I still don't think. Unfortunately, I was really excited about it. And I don't think the dynamic island has ended up being as interesting as we'd hoped. I still don't see all the major rideshare apps or sports score apps all using it. And it's kind of a bummer for me. Uh, I might The most I see it being used is when I have a timer and when I'm playing music. But that was like the first example that was used. And I know that the entire true depth camera system is right in the middle. So you can only really see so much information on the sides. But dynamic island... There's even apps that still haven't updated themselves to put information below the dynamic island. They still think it's just a notch. And so things get cut off or blocked, like my Warriors app that I use to track my team. The Literally, the time of every, game, of every game is completely covered by the new dynamic island, and they've never changed it And because they think that they treat it like, oh, every phone has a notch. It, you, you won't be able to see it. You, you can't see it. So we'll see, you know, according to reports the new standard iPhone 15 and 15 Plus are going to ditch the notch in favor of the dynamic island. But unless they start really doing major things with it, it it does feel a little bit like a step back. It's like modern and cool, but from a functional standpoint, it's not doing as much as I had hoped. Also, we talked about the new USB-C port coming to the iPhones. Well, iPhone 15 USB-C cables without the M5 badge, which is like Apple's licensing program to say, oh, this is a quality enough product to work with our products. Uh, reportedly, they may have data transfer and charging speed limits because if what people are talking about and might be expected to happen, remember Lightning was Apple's own connection, right? Accessories that used it had to be certified by Apple's what they call the made for iPhone program or M5 for short. But it appears that Apple might potentially be doing a similar program here with their iPhone with their USB-C port, which would have to be certified by Apple's M5 program and potentially limit the functionality of accessories that are not approved by Apple, according to established leaker Shrimp Apple Pro. So think of this. What, why, why is this a bad thing? And why does this sound shady? And again, it hasn't happened yet, but... Could we see Apple doing this? Yeah. So Apple is expected to switch out that lightning port for USB-C. Now, back since being introduced all the way back in 2012, the lightning ports and connectors, they've contained like a 
a small integrated circuit that confirms that these are authentic parts involved in the connection. So you know that this is Apple approved. This is an Apple port. It's all gravy. Like the stuff you buy on Amazon, kind of wild, wild west. Now, non-MFI third-party cables don't feature this chip authentication. So sometimes you would see uh, a little message on your phone when you plug it in that says like, this accessory is not supported because they haven't paid to have this authorized agreement. And yes, there is some point to be made of, okay, this this is authorized. The quality connection is good, but this is where it could go bad. With Apple now doing an M5 program on USB-C cables and including an authenticator chip that would, in their hopes, encourage people to buy genuine iPhone peripherals, while Apple then would still receive a commission on M5 certified accessories. So that would make it too easier for them to be like, okay, don't use those janky things on Amazon or potentially ones because they aren't certified that could damage your phone. The the problem for the user is that maybe the Apple Apple M5 USB-C port would limit speeds if you're not using authorized products. So we know that Lightning and USB 2.0 speeds are significantly slower than USB-C and the potential chance of faster transfer speeds would be exclusive to the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max models if they're both using authorized M5 USB-C parts approved by Apple. This this would be bad for the consumer. It feels a little shady. It feels a little anti-competitive um, and anti-consumer. We know that Apple is always protecting themselves and they'll always... They have their own idea of what is the quote-unquote best experience, but don't tell me you're going to throttle the speeds of my file transfers, which need them, which need them, because we're putting out big video files that don't even get transferred through AirDrop sometimes, have to do like 10 or 12 multiple tries before, for some reason, miraculously, you throw your hands up and say, oh, I guess it'll work. Don't do this, Apple. Don't limit it. Don't limit USB-C with this M5 program. It, it would be very disappointing if that actually happens. So we'll have to wait and see. And then if we look a little further into the beyond and the iPhone 16 Pro, a coin reports the iPhone 16 Pro, I know, don't I'm just the messenger here. Don't 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 hurt me. The iPhone 16 Pro is still on track to feature an under display face ID followed by an under display selfie camera in 2016 which would 20 sorry 2026 which would indicate that maybe we get a little pinhole instead of a complete true depth camera notch dynamic island or that dynamic island itself because it's it most of it is under the display and you just have the selfie camera maybe that dynamic island will finally be able to actually present a lot more information more like a full text ticker with news and information of stocks or headlines that are relevant to you or sports scores instead of really just a small bit of data visually on both ends because the entire middle is using that camera. The other thing though, right? The under display selfie camera would come in 2026, which would be the following year, which would mean that potentially we'd get a just completely full slate, clean slate iPhone in 2026. So that would be Let's see, we're at 2023, 
2024 is the 15. 2025 is the 16, right? Am I, am I getting my... No. 2023 is the 15. 2024 is 16. So that would mean the iPhone 18 Pro, if this is all believed, would get an underscreen face ID and an underscreen selfie camera. Uh, Look, don't wait for that. Get a phone that makes sense for you. There's plenty of people you that have like an iPhone 11 or 12 that you still don't need to upgrade, quite honestly. I mean, there are some subtle, there are some nice camera improvements, but you, you got a phone two, three years out. You're fine, honestly, for most people. Let's be real. So that's the word. 2024 iPhone 16 Pro, underscreen face ID. 2026 iPhone 18 Pro, underscreen face ID, and underscreen selfie front facing camera. Sticking with, I guess, semi-related in the iOS 16 world, what is it, last year, I believe, you know, Apple announced their Apple Music classical app would be coming out, and this is based on their acquisition of the classical music service Prime Phonic. Well, it could be potentially launching in the near future because we've seen more and additional references of Apple Music classical found in the latest iOS 16.4 beta. So code suggests that Listening to Apple Music Classical will require users to have the standard Apple Music app installed. And then to get to Classical, um, that's kind of like a bonus, right? There is no sign of an Apple Music Classical app anytime yet in 16.4. It doesn't mean that it won't come maybe later in a beta. But we did hear that Apple themselves said that Apple Music Classical would be introduced sometime in 2022. um, But that didn't happen. And we never saw this new experience where how it organizes your music differently. It can organize it by composer, right? The way that classical music is tagged and organized is different than how traditional, uh, I don't want to say traditional, but let's say current music that you listen to is. So there are signs that maybe 2023, the year of Apple classical music. Ooh. Okay, let's just talk some really quick Apple Watch Ultra news. Um, just in case you're curious, because I sometimes like to throw deals your way that might make sense. And I'm not using any affiliate links, but Amazon has discounted some of their Apple watches, offering them down $50 from $7.99 to $7.49. And the only reason why I bring this up is because Apple is now doing this kind of, uh, not doing this kind of service, but they're offering a depth and water seal test for the Apple Watch Ultra. Because if you're going to go scuba diving with this thing, or you obviously you want it to be reliable maybe it gets potential it could be potentially damaged from some of the other more extreme activities but you can actually there's a new support document on Apple's website that lets users know that you can request a depth and water seal test by Apple to determine if the depth gauge and its seals are all still working so there's like a couple of scenarios where you might want to get it tested i will say going scuba diving using the Apple Watch which is fun you definitely can't just rely on just the Apple Watch alone. It could get there. It's still a great complimentary piece to the experience. Uh, it was amazing, but you, you can't solely rely on it, but it is an incredible device. So this is a new program that's now being offered to get the depth and water seal test from Apple for your Apple Watch Ultra. And this does kind of tie into things where recently... The World Surf League has adopted just the Apple Watch as a whole as their official wearable. And this, I've gone surfing with it as well. 
The measurements are impressive. It is so cool to be able to track your activity, your speed, your distance on multiple waves that you rode on during the course of a day. Um, now, this app is actually even designed to sync this this uh, World Surfers League surfer app on the Apple Watch Series 8 and the Ultra. Um, now, if you're in the competition, again, this is for people that are competing, not for like, <laughs> you know, Joe Schmo, but they could actually sync with the World Surfing League scoring system in real time to see the details on their scores, wave priority, and remaining time and heat. So they've built an actual app for it as well. And then the reality is that there's other things kind of working behind the scenes because, you know, not only will you be able to watch the world's um, surfer world surf league on Apple TV plus they have a surfing documentary currently called make or break, which covers the world surf league championship tour. And it is on Apple TV right now. So there you go. You got, you got a lot of goodies that you can tap into and, you know, we're going to wait and see how April and March shapes up. But like I said earlier, the three things to keep an eye out on from what we know, new iPhone colors, a 15-inch MacBook Air, a Mac Pro. And I'm sorry, y'all, no news on any activity around the iMac. The latest reports are pointing to when an M3 chip comes out for the iMac, which could point to maybe end of this year or more likely even holding out till next year for the new iMac line and iMac Pro fans uh no word anywhere on if an iMac Pro all 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 those rumors and kind of the buzz around a large screen iMac Pro does not seem to be happening either and all signs point to Apple really pushing people towards the uh, um, M2 Mac Mini or a Mac Studio and to be honest with you those are really killer options and pairing them with one of Apple's studio displays or a, a Pro Display XDR guy. Sometimes it's like it's like you got to tap your brain and to remember every single product name, which sounds like every, you know what I'm saying. All right, everybody, that is gonna do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Remember, we got to give a big thanks to our platinum apples at the $100 level: Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for your contributions and support. Thank you to all of you for your support. We had a quick, tight show because you know what. I'm not going to just extend the show just to extend it. This is the news we got, so that's what I'm going to give to you. So we will be back here, same bad time, same bad channel. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.